What is up, guys? Welcome to the journey of a black elephant. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the journey. And if this isn't your first time, welcome back. So guys, this week we will be diving into toxic traits. But before I actually dive into the episode, guys, I'm a little off my game this week. So if you hear some grammatical errors or me mispronounce some words, I'm sorry. And I do have my window open. It is a beautiful day here in Texas. So I'm letting some air circulate throughout the house. So if you hear background noises, I do apologize for that. Let me just go ahead and throw those disclaimers out, right? But anyway, this week we're talking about toxic traits, right? But before I get too deep into the topic, let's talk about what toxic traits are. Toxic traits are negative traits that we carry and project onto others and ones that we project outwardly, right? So I'll give you some examples of toxic, see, already starting, of toxic traits, manipulation, lying, never taking accountability or responsibility, judgmental people are toxic, narcissists are toxic, people who are controlling, people who give backhanded compliments. By the way, I can't stand y'all with a passion. Um, <laughs> people who are physically, mentally, emotionally abusive, um, those people are all toxic. And there's a whole lot of other different toxic traits, but those are just some to sum it up, right? Now, does everyone have a toxic trait? As we are all human, I would assume that, yes, everyone has a toxic trait. Well, Carmen, do you have a toxic trait? Yes, I do. <laughs> My toxic trait that I'm currently working on is me being self-destructive. <sighs> and, you know, I used to think that me being self-destructive only affected me, but it does affect those around me and those that care about me. Now, am I self-destructive all the time? Absolutely not. And to be honest, when you're in complete balance, your toxic traits can lay dormant for a long time. Um, but if you haven't healed from them, if you fall out of balance, those traits will pop back up. And here's the thing. I know what my toxic trait is, and I haven't quite healed yet. And it can and will pop back up if I allow it. And you would think <laughs> the fact that I know this, that if I fall out of balance, that I will put myself on more aware status to catch these things, right? Wrong. Um, when I fall out of balance, I completely fall out of balance, mentally, physically, emotionally. And that's just me being honest. Like, and you know, you guys know the meme with bad Kermit the Frog, right? When I'm out of balance, it's kind of like that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You'll have the good one like, hey, you know this is wrong, right? You know, you may risk a relationship by doing this, right? And that toxic side would be like, well, we're here. There's no going back now. And you know what I mean? And at that point, I just have to admit what's going on, what happened, and hope that, you know what I'm saying, I can move forward, right? Um, and guys, if I can be honest, the reason that this particular toxic trait keeps popping up with me is I have unresolved childhood trauma, right, that I haven't healed from, which continues to come back in the form of me being self-destructive. And, you know, I try to keep it as honest and transparent as I can with you guys. So this, this is something that happened recently, right? I was talking to this guy. We had been talking for a minute. Everything was going well. We was in the quote-unquote honeymoon phase. 
and um, communication was disrupted. And due to that childhood trauma um, of abandonment and fear of rejection, I went self-destructive mode. And I mean, super self-destructive, like I didn't even care about the consequences, self-destructive. And that self-destructive trait didn't just hurt me. At the, it, it really hit the person that I was, you know what I'm saying, trying to quote unquote protect myself from, right? And I tend to get self-destructive also when things are going well. Because of that trauma that I'm still healing, um, sometimes I can't get past the fear of failure or, you know what I'm saying, abandonment and betrayal. So along with that, I also have the other shoe dropping mentality, right? And what I mean by that is if something is going good, I'm like, okay, when is the other shoe going to drop? Okay, something bad is about to happen, like things are going way too well, right? And that's crazy because when I'm in balance, everything flows, you know what I'm saying? You have the flow of abundance, of love, of, you know what I'm saying? Everything working in your favor, but for me, when I go self-destructive, it's like, uh-uh, all of this is too good to be true. <laughs> Woo, child, y'all, <laughs> let me tell you, this is what healing really looks like, though. This is what spirituality looks like when it's pure. When you can dive into yourself and look at patterns in your life and you can pinpoint things about yourself that makes you way more conscious and conscious in the way you move, conscious in your decisions, you become conscious in your decision to grow. And that's what the journey is all about. It's all about growth, right? And once you make the decision to grow, you have to decide to be honest with yourself. Because if you continue to lie to yourself, you're going to keep yourself in this space of stagnation. You're just going to be like a pond of water that does not move, right? Can't do that. You cannot do that. You cannot create. You cannot move forward in life. You can't express if you are being stagnant. It's not how that works, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Um, and when you do make that decision to grow, though, you have to look at what you need to heal from. Like, what do you need to heal from? What is your inner child need from you to heal, right? Guys, let me tell you this. And I see a lot of this online and it really kind of grinds my gears a little bit. Spirituality isn't just sage and singing bowls. Spirituality isn't just sitting outside doing yoga. Okay. Y'all, I don't know what my neighbor is doing, but all right. But spirituality isn't just, you know what I'm saying, sitting outside meditating or doing yoga. That is a part of it, but it isn't all of it, okay? It's a whole lot more than playing who is more woke on Facebook, okay? It takes a lot of healing, a lot of a long time, a lot of wrestling with yourself and your toxic traits and whatever preconceived notions that you have that are holding you back from your ascension. 
Spirituality is being honest with yourself, looking in the mirror and saying, you have a problem with self-sabotaging yourself. Spirituality is sitting down and finding the root of your problem. And your root may be generations deep. You may have to go through, I mean, generations to get to your root. Your childhood trauma could be generational. And you have to be the one to break that cycle. All right. Now, I also want to say this while I'm here. If you follow anyone, Facebook, YouTube, any other platform, and they tell you that they didn't or don't have like any toxic traits, they're lying. Because we're humans, we're flawed. We go on a journey to correct ourselves and get rid of get rid of preconceived notions. So if anybody ever tells you that they don't or didn't have a toxic trait, they don't have bad days, they don't slip out of their spirituality from time to time, either they have formed and maxed into this ultimate spiritual being or they're lying because you're constantly, let me say something, spirituality in itself is a constant movement. You're constantly ascending, right? At some point you may hit your peak ascension, but if you are being honest with yourself, you're constantly evolving, all right? So just kind of be more aware of who you listen to, what you listen to, and what you're allowing yourself to follow when it comes to your spirituality practice. And I'm not saying you actually have to follow anybody. And that's just being honest. Only thing you have to do is trust in yourself and your guides and your angels and your ancestors. And that's just being 100% real with you. Now, anyway, um, if you don't know what your toxic trait is, you can honestly listen to those people around you, your best friends, your family, your partner. And if you want to ask like, hey, do I ever come off as toxic or is there anything that I do to you that you may feel is toxic? Listen to those responses. Try not to get defensive. I know it's hard, but try not to get defensive and listen and see if there's any truth in that. Make sure that person is not projecting their toxic traits onto you, but try to listen and see if you resonate with what they're saying, right? Um, or honestly, you can just be honest with yourself. Notice your responses from situations. Um, think about past relationships. Was that person a problem or were you the problem? And be honest what you have to do um now once you identify what you need to work on it does become easier to accept for some and for some of you you may have to have a come to jesus moment <laughs> and then you know what i'm saying start that work in progress because the process of growing and healing for some of us is easy and for some of us it's a little harder, but you have to stay with it and stay consistent. And the most important thing you can do on that is be honest so you can come out of the other side with your childhood trauma defeated, with you now understanding how you can move past toxic traits. All of that comes with constantly reinventing yourself to your highest form of growth that comes with you constantly evolving and learning and just being open and loving, right? You have to constantly grow from the things that no longer that no longer serves your best purpose. All right, guys, trust your higher self. You got this. 
There is absolutely nothing that you can't heal from. There's nothing that you can't learn. There's nothing that you can't unlearn. Okay, I just feel like everyone in the universe is like really trying to stop me from creating this podcast today because I swear it wasn't this loud earlier. But anyway, um, like I was saying, trust your higher self, always. That little voice inside you that tells you you got this, that little voice inside you that points you to the brightest like side of your soul, trust that, okay? And guys, honestly, a lot of your toxic traits come from your ego, and you're trying to move towards your soul when you're, you know what I'm saying, growing in your spirituality. So if you ever get time, go back to season two and listen to the soul versus the ego or ego versus the soul is actually what it was called. But definitely take time to listen to that. And, you know, that should give you some help, too, as well on some toxic traits. Um, and guys, that is really it. Like I said, I don't this week. Um, I wanted to keep this episode kind of short. Last week's episode was about an hour. <laughs> um, so I said I wanted to keep this uh, episode kind of sweet, short, simple for you guys. So guys, that's all I have on toxic traits. Stay tuned uh, for the next segment, which is our less of all segment. We'll be right back with the journey of a black elephant. Okay, guys, welcome back to the journey of a black elephant. Guys, this is our let's elevate segment. Okay, um, I haven't done a let's elevate for this season yet. This is actually the first one. So let me tell you guys what let's elevate is. Let's elevate is when I dive into different spiritual beliefs, different spiritual practices, different religions um, to kind of bring a more broad view of what spirituality can be. And these segments, am I no way telling you to ditch what you believe? It's just a broader horizon on something you may not have heard or something you've heard before and just give you a little bit more expansion. Okay. So today we will be talking about natal charts or birth charts, depending on, you know, what you want to call it, basically. So your natal chart gives you a more full round perspective of your zodiac astrology makeup, okay? So when someone says, what's your sign? They're usually asking you, what's your sun sign? That is the most common sign that people talk about, right? You have Gemini, Capricorn, Aquarius, all of that. But different planets aligned with your birth as well, right? So to get a full to totality of who you are and your celestial makeup, you want to kind of look at it as a whole, right? You want to know what all the planets are doing, what this means. If they go into retrograde, if you were born during a retrograde, you can know that as well. For my natal chart, I personally use Cafe Astrology. You would go to the site. You can do it on your phone or on the computer. Um, and it literally just asks you for your name, where you were born, the time you were born, as well as your date of birth, okay? So you're gonna put all that in, and then it will literally show you the position of the planets, the moon, and what houses all of these things are in, okay? So I have mine pulled up so I can kind of let you guys know what you're gonna see and kind of understand what you're looking at, right? So you're gonna get a chart, it's gonna tell you everything, where everything lies, what degree, all of that. 
Um, and then you're going to scroll. It'll tell you what all of your signs, what houses they're in. Okay. And it'll explain more about houses as you go down. And then it'll also tell you your makeup, your celestial makeup. So for me, my masculine is a four. My feminine is a six. And then my cardinal is at a four. My fixed is at a four. Um, fire is at a two. Earth is at a three. Air is at a two. Water is at a three. So there's that. Um, also, if you keep scrolling, you'll see, you know, another chart that gives you just a little more in depth on some things. And you can just scroll through that. And then you'll find out your uh, fortitude and your south node. But you can keep scrolling, right? So then you actually get to your native chart report. And guys, once again, let me apologize. My window is open because I am taking in the air and there are kids outside playing and having fun, it sounds like. So <laughs> I do apologize for the background noise this morning. But anyway, so my son is in Scorpio. Yes, I am a Scorpio. So guys, I will give you, I won't give you everything, but I'll give you my short description, what it says for Scorpio, right? Physical energy and courage, strong passions, regeneration and improvement, strong sexual powers. Potential, potential issues do include um, she is suspicious, defiant, extremist. She is sometimes vindictive. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and I will give you this too. It's saying when Scorpios learn optimism instead of expecting the worst, they'll find that they possess amazing regenerative powers, the power to heal, create, and transform. Um, if you guys listened to the first half, I did talk about the expecting the shooter drop mentality, right? Within myself is something I need to work on, my toxic trait, and here it is in my chart. You know what I mean? These charts really do go into an in-depth view of your celestial makeup. It kind of gives you reasons why you do some of the things that you do. And guys, this isn't my first time looking at my natal chart. And I'll be honest, when I scrolled through it before I started recording, I was like, okay, I don't remember that being there, but I'm going through it right now. So here we are, right? So it literally gives you a breakdown, okay? So you have to read through all of it. Each part of your natal chart is broken down like this is one side that says um, basically the conjunction between Sun and Pluto. And it says you have much sexual validity and passion. It's easy and natural for you to find a passion and pursue it and focus on a goal. You're not much scared of anything. You enjoy and embrace growth, especially of the physiological kind. You love a good mystery and you adapt at solving it. Okay, so it's a lot of different things in your chart that you can look at. So the next thing is your moon sign. Your moon represents your emotional responses. And guys, this is in your chart as well. It'll explain to you exactly what you're about to read and how it correlates to you. My moon is in Libra. And the first line it says is moon and Libra people have a strong need for partnership. Which it kind of said in my son as well which is very interesting. The short description is she is sociable and po uh, popular, good judgment. She is intelligent and reasonable, liking social pleasures, potential issues, instability and loving relationships, wavering, may give too much weight to the views of others and public opinion. If I'm being honest, I 
did have that problem. I did use to value everyone's opinion. I was a people pleaser. I've kind of gotten away from that and kind of I look a little more inwardly. I don't really look for public, I guess, approval at this point in my life. But there was a time when that was 100% correct. All right. Um, and then if we go down, 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 Mercury. So we're currently in a Mercury retrograde, right? So we know that Mercury represents communication and logical spirit, right? My Mercury is in Sagittarius. So I can be provocative in speech or communications, persuasive, interesting, conversationalist, quick to see the flaws of a situation. That is what that says. So, I mean, I guess it says quick to debate, challenge, quick-minded. If you listen to the podcast, that's probably <laughs> more than spot on, right? My Venus is in Scorpio. So Venus represents an interest of emotions and values exchange and sharing with others. To my future husband, I apologize. Uh, yeah, already, I apologize. Um, let's see, my Venus and Scorpio. So I'll give you the short description because it is a lot. It says sensual and passionate, passion run, hot and cold, full of a door and desire where the partner needs to be able to match her level, can be jealous and possessive. If disappointed or deceived in love, she can't become bitter, usually very loyal. So <laughs> there's some things there that I definitely will have to navigate through in relationships, but it's good that you know it, right? So if we scroll down, my Mars is in Gemini. Mars represents a desire for action and physical energy. Um, let's see. Love affairs are, wow. I have a great pay. Uh, wait a minute. Sorry. Opposition between Mars and Lilith. Love, love affairs can be met with quarrels. Um, great passion after the storm. Not quite sure what that can mean. Um, can be pleasantly competitive and good humored. So I'm going to have to read through this one again, y'all. Um, she is honest and forthright in her dealings with others. She tends to trust others readily. She can be a bit careless about spending money. Yep. And this is probably because she is so optimistic that there will always be plenty around. The possibility of failure does not enter her mind, although success itself is not as important to her as enjoyment and happiness are. That is 100% real. All right. So my Leo is in Jupiter. Jupiter represents expansion and grace. Um, so what this says for me is she attracts the most good fortune when she expresses generosity. She inspires confidence in those around her, conducts herself with dignity and sincerity, while also avoiding the pitfall of excessive egotism. Um, prosperous areas are creative ones, entertainment, children, and recreation. She takes pride in everything she does. So that is my, my Jupiter. Um, my Saturn is in Capricorn. Whew, okay, so she can be honest, correct, worthy, and respectable. Potential weaknesses are melancholy, disappointment, and bitterness. I have a lot of potential bitterness in my chart. So, you know, just things I need to pay attention to. Um, and then my Uranus is in Capricorn as well. Um, 
my Neptune is in Capricorn as well. And guys, if you've ever been on my social media, you know I give Capricorns a lot of shit. <laughs> I've literally tried to take them off. Like I tried to take them off the list. I cannot stand Capricorns, but I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart. It's so crazy. But um, Pluto, Pluto is my absolute favorite planet, even though it's now considered a dwarf planet. Like I love Pluto. Um, Pluto does rule Scorpio, right? So Pluto represents transformations, mutations, and elimination. Pluto and Scorpio comes with a fear of betrayal. Um, and it can be sensual and passionate. So that fear of betrayal goes back to my self-destructive behavior, right? Um, let's see. So my Pluto is in the seventh house. And it says she learns her greatest lessons through the deepest transformations through partnerships. Partnerships seem to be very, very high ranked in my chart. But anyway, power struggles can be an ongoing issue in close relationships. Compromise is learned over time. Um, she can pour much of her energy into succeeding professionally. She is an authority figure and great organizer, great sense of authority, strong sense of authority. Um, Black Moon Lilith represents our darker, deeper natures that may be repassed uh, re or Re repressed, sorry. I don't know what I just read, but repressed or buried, right? And my Lilith is in Sagittarius. She may have felt uncomfortable or even ashamed for her curiosity, questions, restlessness, the need to challenge, question life facts and beliefs, or the need to get away, expand, seek meaning. She may feel uncomfortable around people who are expressing these Sagittarius traits, not quite trusting them. Learning to accept or even embrace these traits without apology can be empowering. It can also help end the cycle of ongoing extremes with these traits. Very interesting. <laughs> Y'all, I'm sitting here very uh, bewildered at the moment because, like I said, this isn't my first time looking at my chart. But uh, this is coming out to be a little different. So um, it also gives you um, your houses, right? And my ascendant is in Aries. And yeah. So guys, it's a very good thing to go and do if, when and if you have time. Like I said, it gives you your complete breakdown. It is definitely something I suggest everyone does um, at least once, right? And use that to help you with your journey, right? There's no way that we can believe that our sun sign rules everything. There's plenty of other planets stars, constellations that were in play as well when you were born. So make sure you take time to do your native chart, pay attention to it, see if it has anything to teach you. Um, and really, if you're looking for some of your toxic traits, they will be in this natal chart. All right. You can't miss it. It'll be there. It'll definitely tell you some things that you probably need to work on, look out for. And like I said, if you're honest with yourself, You'll be able to identify these, right? If you have any questions on your natal chart, please feel free to hit us up on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, 
anything like that. Um, the Journey of a Black Elephant on Facebook and the J-O-A-B-E podcast at, well, at on Twitter, but whatever. Y'all know what I mean. Other than that, guys, that's really it for the Let's Evolve segment. All right. So coming up next is this week's book review. Right. So every week or every two weeks, just depending on how we schedule these things, we at the Journey of a Black Elephant do want to give you guys books that you can read for your spiritual, mental growth. Right. And this week we will be talking about pleasure activism. One of the books that I read not too long ago that definitely opened up my mind to some things. And I would love if you guys read this book as well. So stay tuned. And up next, we're going to talk about pleasure activism. We'll be right back with the journey of a black elephant. All right, guys, so welcome back to The Journey of a Black Elephant. Guys, this week I wanted to talk about a book that I read in 2019. Because here at The Journey of a Black Elephant, we don't want to just focus on your physical growth, your spiritual growth, your emotional. We want to hit that mental as well, right? We want to stimulate you mentally as well. So this book is called... Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good. It was written and gathered by Adrienne Marie Brown. I hope I said her middle name right. Um, the back of the book has an ex has a little part that I want to read to you guys. It says, how do we make social justice the most pleasurable human experience? How can we awaken within ourselves desires that make it impossible to settle for anything less than a fulfilling life? If that doesn't make you want to go pick up this book, <laughs> like seriously. So um, the author, she's an activist. She's also a doula. She says that we can find hope and love amid, like, sorry, in the middle of despair that surrounds us every day. Um, she is a black feminist and she uses her book to teach us to embrace what brings us joy while we fight against oppression, right? The book does include different essays, reflections, and poems from different writers and activists. Um, so you do get to hear different perspectives, which I thought was really dope. Um, and she channels her own journey, which she started as a uh, organizer for the Harm Reduction Coalition. And she was also a sex columnist. So baby girl knows her work, all right? Um, she does describe herself as a queer black woman while discovering the joys of intimacy, sex, and what she calls radical drug use. That is a chapter within the book, right? Now, what I thought was most dope about the book was you have hot and heavy homework assignments, right? I'm going to read you guys one. It says, examine your fantasies. What ignites your desires? What sustains and builds your desires? What makes you come? Are you or people who look like you included in your fantasies? What what do you want to be turned on by? Can you even imagine it? Try again. Again, keep trying till you feel something. So guys, <laughs> that was just a little piece from that homework assignment. There's different chapters. <laughs> There's one called Pussy Power. No, that is dope. There's different artworks. Um, there's a poem called Sex Ed. Um it's also one called Bloody Fantastic that does talk about having sex on your period and why you should be Team Bloody Awesome. Um, 
Also, um, there's another hot and heavy homework assignment. It says, as Big Frida says, you already know, have period sex with yourself. Any and all penetration is easier with a natural flowing lubrication or another human on the first day of their or your next cycle. Fucking, uh, another chapter is fucking slash having sex slash making love. Why can't I say that correctly? Fucking slash having sex slash making love. The differences, right? Because there are differences. <laughs> Let's uh, start there. But guys, this book is absolutely amazing. And it talks about finding pleasure within yourself, how to find yourself attractive, what you can do for that. There's homework on self-love sexually. Um, and I really do think, you know what I'm saying? Everyone should read that book at least once, if not twice. I may actually uh, go back and reread that this year myself at some point. Um, like I said, there was different artwork in the book, different poems from other writers. She really did her thing with this. So if you get time, read it, do the homework assignments. Let me know what y'all think. Um, she has one chapter called Confessions of a Queer Goddess. Um, and I love when people step into who they are and find that inner goddess energy. Honey, there is nothing like it. There's another chapter called a timeline slash tutorial on squirting. Like I'm telling y'all, anything you can think of that has to do with sex is in this book. And it is definitely for this new generation. So I encourage you guys, go pick up the damn book. All right. It is worth your time. It is a good read. And that is my quick review on pleasure activism. Please read that book. Let me know what you guys think, either on Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us, the journey of a black elephant at outlook.com. Um, we are on Facebook, the journey of a black elephant, as well as Twitter at the J-O-A-B-E podcast. So guys, that wraps up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, I love journeying with you guys. I hope you have a magnificent week. I hope you guys manifest everything you're looking for. I hope you have love, happiness, joy, and abundance. And I will see you guys next week. Next week, we will be doing an episode called Journey to Your Bag, sis. So I'm excited to do that for you guys. We're going to talk a lot of things um, dealing with the financial, right? Let's get those bags ready for 2021. Start working on some credit and everything like that. But I will see you guys next week. Have a marvelous day, guys. And as always, continue the journey. I'll see you guys soon.